Welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast, special edition COVID-19. Before I continue, though, I got to tell you about Talk Mobile. Talk Mobile is an innovator in retail and works with organizations like T-Mobile to operate stores throughout Arizona, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Louisiana, all of which are probably on lockdown or soon to be on lockdown. For more information and jumpstart your career, please visit www.talkmobilenet.com. The good thing about that is you don't have to go into the store. You don't have to leave your house. You just have to go to the website, talkmobilenet.com, and get started. Broadcasting to you from Rancho Mirage, California. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Rad or Die. We're going to talk about how coronavirus has essentially the hysteria of shopping and shutting down big events in an effort to prevent the spread. So I traveled out to work this week. Last week I was working from home and it's just, uh, I was scheduled to work from home. March, I was supposed to go 50-50, which means on a week and at home a week and then back on site. A lot of people, we didn't really talk about it at work. The manager, I kept checking the email and they didn't really say anything about consultants staying home. So I flew out. And as expected, the airport was not that busy for a 7.45, flight. It was probably 2 a.m. busy. So for those of you who have gone to the airport several times, you know what I'm talking about. You've gone on those long vacations with your family and you've taken the red eye. So I was upgraded to first class, which is great. I don't know if I want to be upgraded to first class during these times because first class is very small. The rest of the airplane is spread out. So I had a guy sitting next to me. We're ordering drinks, or pre-flight drinks. So I order a Woodford Reserve. The guy next to me orders like a triple vodka something. And the guy across orders a triple Jack Daniels. And this is the pre-flight drink. So I'm kind of looking at these guys like, oh, okay, you must be trying to kill the virus. So they suck their drinks up. We get into the air. The woman comes by. is like, hey, do you want more drinks? I was like, no, I'm good. They order the same thing. Granted, guys, this is a 45-minute flight. I'm like, that's a, these guys are sucking down. And these are older cats, too. These guys are sucking down liquor. But one thing that the flight attendant did differently, they come around with a basket, typically, when you're in the first class on a short flight, and you can pick out snacks. So they have, like, kettle chips and cookies and just some of those random shit that they probably can't sell in the store, so they push them off on the airlines. But this time, they had them on a tray laid out, and the flight attendants have on gloves. And now, with the COVID, they say, well, just point to what you want, and we'll hand it to you. So I thought that was interesting. I think this is changing the way that this country is viewing sanitation, It's forcing people who are otherwise dirty as hell to wash their ass. And people who typically practice good sanitation anyway, takes it to the next level. Get to the airport. These last couple months, the airport has been packed in Palm Springs. Definitely not packed this week. Go up to my guy, Rich. You guys know Rich. I said, what do you got for me today, Rich? And he goes, Jay, you're the only one of my regulars that came in this week. What are you doing here? It's like, I'll schedule to come in. What do you want to drive? I don't know. What do you got? Well, of course, I didn't get anything cool, cool, but I did grab a Jeep Grand Cherokee, which I will probably talk about later. Anyway, this morning I got up and I went to, man, I'm staying right down the street from Whole Foods. Love Whole Foods sometimes. Love their breakfast, though. They have a hot bar. So what you do is you go in there and, you know, you can get egg whites, you can get scrambled eggs, you can get fake eggs, you can get cheddar eggs. You get biscuits, you can get sausage, bacon, normal breakfast shit. So what I usually do is take a little scoop and it's by weight, by pound. It's like eight fifty a pound. If you think that's expensive, it's really not. If you eat a pound of food per meal, you're eating a lot of food or you're eating the wrong food. It's not hard to 
get a pound worth of potatoes, it is hard to get a pound worth of salad in the same size container. Because a pound is a pound, right? For all you smart asses listening. What I typically do is I get a scoop of eggs and I grab like fucking a ton of bacon. Because bacon is not heavy. And I'll go into the office and I'll have a little bit of eggs for me in a separate container. And I'll have, you know, 15, 20 strips of this delicious bacon. And I'll hand it out to my coworkers, whatever. This morning I go in there because, man, I really want this breakfast. I go in there and all the food's gone. I'm like, what the hell? Oh, they're doing that thing. They're doing that thing. And they got one person working the register because I was thinking about just picking up something. Like a snack bar or some stupid shit to justify the trip. And they have one register open and the line literally went to the back of the store. I said, fuck that. I'm out. Went across the street to McDonald's. You like how I just went from Whole Foods to McDonald's? Went to McDonald's. This one doesn't have a drive-thru. Right. McDonald's do exist without drive throughs Walk inside. All the tables, all the chairs are up on the tables and they're cleaning. And the dining room's not open. They don't want it to be open. Nobody around here has an open dining room because of these times. Order the food. Leave. Thought that was crazy. Stop by Starbucks. My normal Starbucks. Walk in. All the chairs, everything's put up. Looks like a dance floor. I said, hey. They go, oh, hey, Jay. Because they know Jay by now. This is a location closest to my job because there's a few locations. This one doesn't really mess it up when I'm always crying about Starbucks. Another one about a mile down the road messes it up. I go in there and I said, oh, so the dining room's obviously closed for people sitting down, but you can still do your mobile orders and pick up your coffee or order right there, you know, and grab your shit and go. Grab my coffee and left. Came back at three o'clock like I typically do, and the door's closed. Some old man was out there and he was just bitching up a storm. I guess he's a regular and he couldn't get his free cup of coffee refill. And so he was just he just stood out there for like 20 minutes complaining to anybody who walked up. I'm a little pissed. Very first worldy, right? Because I ordered coffee on the mobile app. I show up and the door's locked. I'm like, okay, well, this just means obviously I just have to go to the drive-thru. That's a nightmare drive-thru. It's always wrapped around. So I get in the drive-thru to pick up my coffee and I ask them, is the dining room going to be closed indefinitely? Like, you can't even come in and pick up your coffee. You need to come through the drive-thru. Yeah, I go, okay. So like tomorrow morning, they go, yeah. I go, okay, fine. Like, what am I going to do? Pull the lady through the drive-thru window and do bad things? No. But now I don't know what I'm going to do because using the mobile app is the whole reason why you just pull up, you go inside, grab your shit and go. You don't have to stand in line. You don't have to sit, you don't have to sit in a long ass drive-thru line. I'm at a loss. You know what I'm going to do? Actually, I think I'm going to reach. Well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to reach out to, to Mimi because she's going to, she's probably waiting. When we come back, we're going to talk to Rat or Die. We're going to find out what her opinion is on all this crazy shit. Hello. Hey. What's up? What is up, rat or die? Um, Thank you for taking the time. No worries. I know you're probably pressed for time. Whatever you need. I've poured a glass of wine and my time is now yours. Well, happy uh, well, Valentine's Day. <laughs> happy St. Patrick's Day. Did the wine Day. throw you off? <laughs> it did. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. She drinks, but not a lot. No. But happy St. Patrick's Day. I have a Hudson single malt whiskey. Nice. This is one of their small batch bottles that for some reason cost just as much as our normal bottles. It's been on my work desk for about a month unopened because I broke the little wax thingy on it. Right. And I forgot I had these tiny sewing scissors from one of those little scissor kit, those sewing kits that fix your, you know, for your buttons. And so I whipped that out and kind of cut it off. So, so it seems like you're a big whiskey drinker. I probably need to. I dabble. Try it and introduce me to some new whiskeys. You're like an adventurer when it comes to whiskey. 
Mikasa Sukasa. Yeah. Just last weekend, I got I finally got Yvette to drink Macallan Scotch just basically by itself. It had like a twist of orange in it. You know, she liked it. Luxardo cherry. Well, that's like a major thing for her. Nice. I think uh, Matt and I enjoy going to like the cigar bars, you know, you find like a good whiskey, a nice cigar, you sit down and just chill. But we would prefer to do it in our own backyard so you don't get everybody else's cigar mixed in with yours. Kind of messes up all the flavors. But uh, I don't fuck with cigars. It's just that's my dad's fault. My dad was like a cigar smoker and being a Sicilian dad, he didn't have any sons. So, you know, sure tough little rat or die over here was like yeah sure i'll try a cigar have a cigar fuck you you're gonna play football whether you like it or not there it was so i'll enjoy a nice cigar but it it does go much better with a really good whiskey yeah you have to pair it i mean i've seen they have they make whiskey glasses or bourbon glasses with a little notch to hold your cigar. Yeah, that's kind of neat. I have a friend that has some of those in Texas, of course, right? Texas, right? As I told people in my opening, these events just getting keep getting closed. So we have, what, Chandler Cars and Coffee this weekend? Did they finally officially pull the plug on that? They haven't, and I'm kind of surprised um, for two reasons. Because it's held at Neater's Bakery, right? And Neater's Bakery is... It's, it gets packed, you know, as many people as you can imagine lining up for the breakfast, especially that French toast. Um, I haven't heard them cancel just yet, but I feel like it's coming any day now. You know, every day there's something new popping up. Like today was Fuel Fest, right? Being pushed off now until September. But people think the smaller meets and events, you know, they're not going to harm anybody. But sometimes those are, you know, worse because everybody knows each other and you tend to kind of hug or shake hands or you know this last weekend i was invited by um yoshi to go on this little cruise and i told him on friday night i said i don't know when is it it's tomorrow and he showed me the list of cars that are going and i'm like okay mclaren mclaren r8 r8 (laughs) a porsche i was like yeah i don't i don't know man i don't know what time do we gotta be there i don't know uh so I eventually, you know, get up because I don't have to be there at 730. He says they're leaving at 9 a.m. Yeah. He goes, oh, we're meeting at 4 till 4. I go, oh, okay, that's fine. We'll meet at 4 till 4. So I leave the house at like 8.15. I get there and it's like exotic cars day or cla- or fast cars day or whatever they're calling yeah, I'm upset shit, right? I missed it. I was planning on going, by the way, and I didn't go. It's cool. It's, it's um, cute. It's not really. Mm, cute. I went for, for JDM day once. I don't know. I prefer... And it, it is what it is, right? But I mean, I still I still prefer like you know Chandler cars and coffee. And oh stuff. yeah, I like the variety is definitely different. I just feel like I need to experience it between this tiny little yeah. coffee shop. You know, I'm I love I'm a city girl. I love like those little dive tiny itty bitty like no one can really fit in it type spots. With that's that's yeah yeah that's definitely four to four. Yeah. <laughs> we go on this cruise and ends up being like I don't even know how many cars twenty cars or so. I saw the photos. It looks legit. Yeah, and I was like, oh, there's a lot of cars. I mean, I could have not showed up. It's not like Yoshi really wanted me to go. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> I was like, all right, fine, you know. I haven't seen him in a while. Right. You know, and he brought a little, he brought Skyler, you know, his son. And Aww. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we had a good time. But I guess the, the point is, you know, you could do a cruise because you're all staying in your cars. And there wasn't a lot of handshaking going on. That's there was some good. fist bumping and stuff. Yeah, elbows. That's the new thing. Elbows. There was a lot of, uh, I don't I don't know. Hopefully people got up and washed their hands. I know I washed my hands probably 30 times that day be- before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. But, you know, you can still do stuff like that. 
Yeah, it seems like there's like even me, I do the ride or die pre-meets, you know, and like uh, the thing is, though, I do get out of my car and I and I always tell everybody I'm a, I'm a hugger. And it's funny because I do it out of anxiety because I get awkward and I don't like the space between us. I know that sounds crazy, but I would prefer to like hug somebody and get it over with and just be like, OK, I broke the ice. And then rather than just like stand across from each other and awkwardly be like, hey. I'm Mimi, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so I usually um, tackle people. I don't know. Yes, exactly. And it's like from the blind side, it's like an initiative thing. Like, it's like, I, I, it's almost like you're, you're like, you're welcoming me, you know, welcome, welcome. I can't even talk right now. That's rough. You're just, what what are you drinking? (laughs) And I, you know, what's funny is like, I haven't even, I've had like four sips. I'm just sitting down for like the first time today and relaxing. You know, I'm usually talking all day to people, be it on the phone or even through my fingers. So I try to give my thumbs a break at the end of the day. But my face. You smoke a little hippie lettuce? No, no, I can't even do that. I can't even mess with that. I wish I could. Yeah. It probably would help me out with those weird, awkward anxiety situations. And I mm-hmm. wouldn't awkwardly be forcing hugs upon people. <laughs> so have you had to um, go to the store? Or what are, you, are you seeing anything crazy in the store in, in, uh, in Scottydale? Oh my gosh. Okay. So it might be because I'm in a highly populated area, right? So I chose to move to, um, like old town Scottsdale area. I mean, let's just say sprouts, bashes, fries, CVS, Target, Walmart, any store you can think of within like a good solid five mile radius for a good two weeks now has been out of toilet paper. Paper towels were still on the shelves the last time I went to the store. But according to my husband, when you went out a couple of days ago, like literally no lunch meats, no eggs, no toilet paper, no paper towels, no alcohol, no Lysol. <laughs> He's like, and by alcohol, we're talking like rubbing alcohol, yes, right? Exactly. Thank you. Isopropyl 100%, the stuff that people like to use to help disinfect bleach, all that jazz. And then it got worse. So my son's um, father, who I'm really close with the co-parent with my son. He actually picked my son up yesterday and he was at the store and he's like, dude, there are no eggs. There is nothing. No eggs. I was like, I'll swap you some eggs for some TP because his mom sent him like four or five giant batches of toilet paper, I want to say. So we were kind of joking around about swapping out, but it's, it's bad. Uh, although I've had some friends tell me on the outskirts of where I am, you know, gas stations still have toilet paper. I have yet to find that gas station because both my husband and I have stopped at one and they were out. So currently I am down to two rolls and that is because a good friend donated two rolls to me knowing I was down to one roll just a few days ago. So right now I'm on edge. So you have do? one roll on the roller and two on standby or, or you have like. No, I got one on the roller <laughs> and one on standby. But like two days ago, I had zero. Like it was getting to the point where I literally put out an SOS. Yo, does anybody have TP? And a really good friend of mine literally like rolled into to the office. She, she handed me like two rolls in a plastic bag and I could have like. It's so crazy, right? Like something that simple, that small of a gesture, it almost made me cry because it makes you think about how insane the world gets in a state of panic. Imagine all the old people right now who are struggling and 
that that upsets me because I have a 98 year old grandmother and, you know, keeping in touch with her, making sure she's cool, but she can't get to the store. She, you know, she's got to have somebody go do that stuff for her. And if that person can't find those things, it's like, what do you do? You know? Right. It's scary. It's scary times when people panic, man, they panic. Like, yeah, and the, and the profiteers, the, the profiteering um, oh, group. People rolling around you know, they're part in the parking lot. They're part of the uh, the problem. And, and with minivans full of toilet paper trying to sell it on the side and make a buck. It's like, for real? So I know here in California, that's illegal oh. for crisis, times of crisis um, items. Like, you can't go and buy a bunch of generators because you know that something's about to get fucked up and then turn around and sell them, right. you know, for five times as much during those times of crisis. Like it's, it's a straight up law. Let's uh, I have a, I have a friend in Seattle. Okay. Which I consider ground zero. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to bring him on the line okay. and kind of get here from him. All right. Let's call Alex. Alex, what's, uh, what's happening up there in, in Seattle? So you're, or you're not in Bellevue anymore, right? Or are you still in Bellevue? No, we're just south of there down in Newcastle. Like the beer? <laughs> Kind of like the beer. I used to love Newcastle, man. Like when I thought I was starting to get fancy and move on from the from the cheap shit, like a Miller Lite, I, started, I graduated to to Newcastle. The Newcastle Brown Ale, good stuff. Brown Ale, man. It's like iced tea. So what's going on there in Newcastle? Coronavirus twenty twenty. No, it's <laughs> coronavirus nineteen. I saw COVID nineteen. I saw a meme yeah, the other like day. Was, I feel like that was a marketing area. Marketing error. Which for coronavirus nineteen. Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah, I feel like the night they they screwed it up. I feel like it should be twenty for some reason. Could be nineteen flavors. You know, like Dr. Pepper has the twenty three flavors. <laughs> Let's hope not. So have you and Jen gone to the store and tried to pick up anything or what's the pulse on the street? Are people acting super weird? Are people just going along their normal business? Are you getting well, that stuff shut down? You know, man, honestly it's a little weird. It's uh I've had to leave the house a few times to go to the store to pick stuff up and I've I've expected there to be nobody at the store. And every time I go, it's like, it's just packed. There's like people everywhere. Like even, even today I I took the Ducati out for a spin and I was just floored with the amount of people that were like on the road, walking around, just doing stuff. It's, uh, it's interesting. But then on the other hand, like I had a meeting on campus at Microsoft today and, you know, they're basically shut down until like, the first week of April. Now, do they just send people home like work remote or do they? Yeah. So essentially it's like, unless you absolutely have to don't show up to work. And so central personnel. Yeah. One of the buildings that I typically work in when I'm out there is packed full of people. Right. I mean, there's just people, you go in there and there's people everywhere. But today, because this stuff that I'm working on is like, we, we literally have to review it in person. It's like print work. So we have to show up, but, there's literally nobody else in the building when we get there. It's, uh, it's like going in on a Saturday. Yes, yeah, exactly. It's like going in on a Saturday, but you know, it's a, it's a Tuesday and it's, it's like a little apocalyptic, but then you leave and you go to the grocery store and you expect nobody to be there. And it's like packed full of people and there, and there, there's stuff on the shelves too, right? They're not like out of everything. Um, Lucky. except for toilet paper and hand sanitizer. <laughs> yeah. Sanitizer yeah, toilet paper, and sanitizer and towels, everything else you wouldn't even know. Right. Yep. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like people are nicer than normal or just like a little bit more awkward than normal? Well, 
I mean, people nice you know, in your area anyway. In Seattle, I think yeah, people are people are nice. It's not like Michigan nice, you know. It's not like yeah. Midwest nice. People right. are nice, but they don't generally want to. They don't want to talk to you, you know. It's like people will wave or say hi, but it's like don't bother me. So it's it's not. I would say it's not any more so than typical. Um, yeah. But people definitely like people are keep people keep their distance a little bit more. You know, yeah, I'm noticing that, whole, that like, too. The distance yeah, thing. Yeah, six foot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a social distancing thing. Yeah. Even standing in line, I'm noticing that like people are. It's almost like you know when you're at the ATM machine and there's somebody there, you kind of give them their space. Usually, yeah. when you're at a grocery store, everyone's like right next to you. I've I noticed right. that it was kind of the same vibe where when you were at the register paying. The next person wasn't like right there loading up their stuff. They were like, as if that somebody told them, "No, no, no, you stay over there and wait." Like the fucking TSA line. Right. Yeah. yeah, but but they just kind of like naturally doing that, and it seemed like everybody was a little bit more cordial and and kind of like, I don't know, it just felt different when I would go out and about. I'm not saying that people are normally rude around here, <laughs> but it definitely felt a little different. Like people were being uh, very. Um, I don't know. Just as if somebody was holding up a sign telling people how to act. It was it was interesting. People are scared in general. I think you know it's kind of a scary thing. It's like a indeed. It's an invisible enemy, right? You just you don't know. I read something yeah. online today that I think it was like a Newsweek article that said eighty six percent of the people that have it are like show no symptoms. Oh so. yeah, we were having that discussion <clears throat> over dinner tonight. Um, because there was a, a father right now who has come out on the news. He's been like tracking everything with his sickness since he's been um, diagnosed with COVID. He basically said, oh, I locked myself in my room as soon as I found out because I have like a six week old baby and my wife and I didn't want to get them sick. And, you know, he's, yeah. he's talking about like his illness in stages and it sounds kind of like, the, you know, the flu, you know, so. Um, but he said, you know, he met somebody somewhere out about it at like a meet and greet or something and just shook hands. And that same person was also, um, you know, positive and then he licked his hands and put it on his hair or something. <laughs> but like, he was like showing no signs. Like he wasn't sick at all. The other person, but he, this dude said he got sick pretty quickly. So, you know, it's interesting how it all depends on your immune system and, and, and how you feel, right? Because I know so many people right now that are like, oh, I'm sick. Oh, but I have allergies or, oh, I have this. It's like, but do you? Like, maybe you're actually sick, but you're fighting it off a lot better than, you know, your next door neighbor who's in the pneumonia phase. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's different. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. He says he just randomly went out and met someone he identified. No, he was at know, a meet man. and greet. Meet and greet. A meet and greet. And, and he remembers the, the hands. Person, I think yeah, he was at the strip like club. The, he's like, the only person I made contact with, he's like, a person I haven't seen in a while was coming out of the bathroom. And he's like, and he's the Her name only person. I did like that whole handshake and hug thing, you know, where you pat each other's backs. He's like, that's like mm-hmm. the only contact I made with anybody. And then, boom, he's like, he seemed he wasn't like fine. licking doorknobs and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, they say that all you have to do all the is get like someone who has it to breathe on you, right? So they're saying it's not like an exchange of a sneeze or a cough or something like that. They just need to breathe on you. So that's the whole six feet away from whoever could potentially have it is is because of that, right? It seems crazy that's to me. Bananas. It's, it's bananas. It's crazy. It's bananas. I don't think they still know what the yeah. hell. 
Um, so much we haven't learned. Do you guys think that we were properly prepared knowing that like a couple weeks ago it wasn't even here? I mean, it's kind of like. That's pretty much it. I just think we're absolutely not prepared. The guy I work with and I just sort of, you know, we watch the news at work sometimes and we kind of picked up on it um, at work. Like while it was in the fairly early stages in China and uh, followed it, you know, and like we we were just like every day having these conversations like this is going to be a big thing. This is this is going to be really bad. Like if this gets over over here somehow, I mean, it's pretty much inevitable. It's it's going to be ugly. I, I, always, I always feel like we doubt that it's going to happen to us. You know, like I always feel like there's so oh, much. Of course, we're because, Americans. You, are you yeah. crazy? No. <laughs> Not only that, it's like the, the media. <laughs> every, there's a lot of people who to literally fall into the trap of the media. But there's a there's also like almost an even amount of people who know that the media is just full of shit and lies and false information. Right. So you've got like this crazy mix. But it, it just seems like. When I see other people panicking and they get to that point where they like go to the grocery store and they clean everything out, and then you walk in like just doing your normal shopping, not in a state of panic, and go, "Holy shit! I I can't even get the things I need now for my kid and my family and my animals." Like, it's like if you if you go to the if you go to the grocery store to buy toilet paper because you need toilet paper, right? Right. And there's none on the shelves, and so you go to the next store and there's none. And then you yep. go to the third store and there's like yeah. two packs of toilet paper on the shelf. What are you going to do? Uh-huh. You're going to buy You're gonna both, grab both packs of toilet paper. Dude, I haven't even found the store yet with a pack of toilet paper. I was just telling Jay, I'm down to like two rolls and they were donated to me from a friend who knew I had nothing. You're, you're right. Like you get to the point where I've gone a whole week and a half now on the hunt for something as basic as toilet paper, but it's gotten worse. Now I know people who are on the hunt for baby food, who are on the hunt for, um, you know, eggs and bread and things like that, because it's just getting worse and worse. And you're right. Like the people who weren't panicking at first, who were like, what the heck, what are you all running to the store and buying like 20 packs of toilet paper for? Now, yeah, when I come across it, damn right, I'm going to grab two packs of it. But I'm not going to sell right. it to to people <laughs> uh, on the side. If anything, I'm that person who would be like my friend. He donated some rolls to me. I know people who don't have toilet paper. I would hit them up and be like, yo, I found two um, packages. Do you need one for your family? You know what I'm saying? Right. You give it back. Yeah, for sure. Right. I don't know if you guys use that Nextdoor app at all. I don't know if you no, I never heard of it, actually. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Nextdoor yeah. app because I don't know what you're like? talking about. And it sounds, I'm curious. Yeah, so. Basically, it's, you know, just to make an analogy, everybody can identify with. It's sort of like Facebook for neighborhoods. Oh, cool. Um, okay. Basically, like, it's, the, the app is very broad, right? But when you Did you develop up, this app before we continue? <laughs> I did not. I have absolutely okay, no right. affiliation. No so affiliation. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. But it's great. It's like, it's neighborhood-based, right? So when you when you sign up, it asks you what neighborhood you live in or what your zip code is. And then it shows you stuff it shows you only things from your neighborhood. It's actually been kind of useful lately because people, you know, people in our neighborhood will post things like, Hey, you know, I was at the target in Issaquah uh, this morning and they had some toilet paper, which this they just is restocked. an actual thing that happened. Yeah. This happened to me the other day. Jen was actually in the app and she, she said, uh, she was like, somebody said Issaquah target had toilet paper this morning. And I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be on about, so I'll swing by there. And sure enough, they had like, three packs left and so i bought one what's it called it's called next door next door yeah local neighborhood right yep it's super useful 
I'm like, 454,000 reviews. It looks like it's like 4.9 out of five stars. Okay. Yeah. I can handle that. That's really good. There's actually. always somebody who doesn't like something because they're technologically inept. Probably. I mean, it's, uh, it's legit, man. You know, like if, if people have like, you know, if somebody's been like prowling around somebody's house, you know, oh, and yeah. they have like a, a lost nest, dog. nest video. Yeah, yeah lost yeah. dogs, everything. You know, if there's an accident on one of the streets locally and oh, traffic yeah. sucks or it's blocked off, they post it. You know, it's just a, like a really good neighborhood utility. Um, I love it that we found useful. Yeah, especially during this times. But yeah, um, I like. I'm like a, it takes other, a village kind of a vibe. So I'm feeling this. I'm gonna it, do this too. As soon as we get off this, I'm it gonna sure does. <laughs> I feel like, and I feel like if they lock us down, which I'm, I'm sort of anticipating they will kind of like they, they just did to San Francisco. I'll, I'd be willing to bet people get on next door and start sharing yeah. food and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the way that the, the government has done this to, though is so, it's so smart, but if you don't see it, it's almost like, man, don't be that blind. What they've done is basically, Hey, we're going to see how many people are going to voluntarily follow directions because in america it's a lot harder to pull off what they've done in china right right you can't just we're gonna see how we feel yeah let's make people feel like they volunteered to do this that we gave them a choice because now what they're doing is saying hey we gave you a choice and people are not following directions and it's getting worse like they've already started that today like different states are basically saying hey we gave you till this time to do this or do this and you're not doing it, and it's getting worse, so now we're just going to shut it down. And what happens is it creates less of, like, a fight because then you've got the people going, well, they, they tried to give us the opportunity to do it on our own, and no one wants to follow directions. But blame the people, not the government, right? And they turned around and said, okay, well, we can't, we can't take everybody out of work because then they're all going to riot because they're afraid they're not going to be able to buy food in the lockdown or if something happens, they can't pay their bills. So let's make an announcement that we'll throw them a thousand dollars per person. Just kind of like <laughs> keep everybody calm. You know, that's, what's going to keep everybody calm when they finally say, guess what? We need to shut down. Like, like they did overseas because now a, yeah. we gave you the opportunity to volunteer volunteer to do it a lot of people did a lot of businesses volunteered very quickly to go guess what we're shutting it down and then you know now they've addressed the financial issue they've even talking about funding like small businesses helping out with loans it's like they're trying to cover all their bases because they have to baby americans before they do some sort of shutdown but every day that goes by right you see those numbers going up you're like god damn it's just going to get worse until it gets better I don't I feel know. Accomplished like, on the next door app. Are you, are you literally are you literally it? signing up? Are you signing like, yeah, up? I just signed right up already. Now. Yep. Are there people like so what's it like? Greenfield visually? Lakes. Is it like Facebook? Visually? Is it like uh you can post well, pictures? Didn't you hear my man? My man said it's like Facebook. Yeah. Okay. It looks kind of like a, a I don't know, a trader app sort of. And then you know, you go in first to and you land on a page and it's you know, I get to find out who my neighbors are. Like this person. Anybody need help? I'm young and healthy with this. Wait a minute. What the fuck is she slinging? I'm young and healthy with this COVID-19 scare. Okay, now you got like the girl next door kind of neighbor. Watch out for that one. Yeah. Hubba hubba. That that leads me to like another question. So since you've been using this app for a while, what happens when like neighbors don't get along? Like 
Is there any sort of moderator, mediator, what's the word I'm looking for? Like who is... Yeah, like moderators. Making sure it doesn't get out of control. Right? Because think about it. Not everybody likes their neighbor. I don't know that there's like actual moderators like on Reddit, you know, like Reddit has Uh moderators like where shit hits the fan, they shut it down, you know. I don't know that there are moderators or like admins. Probably not. Can you report someone? Or like... Probably. I... I don't know because I've, I've never tried to do it, but people bicker. You know what I mean? It's like, oh man, you know. I think check this out. People people mostly ignore it. I think in my experience, for those low on toilet paper, I recommend a bidet. Good job by you, buddy. I recently purchased a bidet for our home. It costs forty or fifty dollars, and it saves us a lot. Saves us a lot of toilet paper use. Yeah, because you don't have any. Have you ever used a bidet? It's a life changer, buddy. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna. That. I've never used one, and I'm. It I'm sounds kind of weird afraid. as hell, right? I'm kind of afraid. I don't know why, but like I'm trying to imagine water. You know, I just Alex. I'm shocked. Scares me. Do you have it? Oh, I mean, because you guys travel all over the place. I just man, we did in Italy. It it's a life changer. (laughs) Yeah, hell yeah, it is. Totally, they're like everywhere in Japan. So buy stock in these. Is that what you're saying? I've heard Japan has like these super fancy ones. Yeah, we we watched this comedian the other night. Ron, I think his name was Ronnie Chang, and he was talking about oh, the days and how they were a life changer. I've seen a lot of memes and posts of like people taking like the the, the regular shower heads and going, you know, I made my own kind of a thing. Like it's a joke, but <laughs> I have considered it, and I remember like kind of throwing it out there to my son. He's he's very comedic about this whole situation. Sometimes I think it helps him get through it all too, but. He was like, I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. He's like, I'm trying. He's trying to like imagine too the same. It's, it's funny because we kind of try to imagine the same situation. And I was like, oh, I'm glad I'm not the only one. But I'm wondering well, if all people kind of have the same thoughts we were having. I'm not going to say it, but we were having the same kind of fear, I guess. And I wonder if that's everyone's fear before I they mean, actually try it. So as a, as far as being first world. So we're we're one of the only first world countries that wipe our ass with dry paper. I get it, but when you're raised that everybody way, everybody else uses some sort of a water system, a damp system to clean themselves. Oh, it makes sense. Here's it's my, probably amazing. Here's my question though: You're on the bidet, or you're on the toilet. You got a bidet in your toilet. It's rinsing, also doubles as a water fountain. It's doing its it's doing its thing. You know, it's doing its little rinsey rinse, and then <laughs> you don't want to get up. You're all, and then you're all clean. But like, how do you dry? So I don't want to pull my so underwear wipes. up on my wet. No, 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 listen, listen. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. This, see, so, that's, that was that was kind of like here's part the thing. of our concern. Yeah. So it sprays you off. You don't want it to end, but it does. All good things go to an end. And there's wow. these like little towelettes that you wipe with, and you throw them away. Oh, so you are still it, using. You're still you're using, using something, something. Yeah. And and when it you say towelette, are these are these biodegradable towelettes? Like, is this good for the environment, or is this just adding to the same problem that we're doing? Just doubling up on water supply plus paper now. Well, it's been six like, years since I've gone to Italy. More. I remember, you know, we we had them over there. That's all I know. Right it dries you off, and you're good to go, and you get up and. So so why have they not invented? Okay, hear because me out. Americans. No, like. I guess this might not work because I imagine people getting electrocuted kind of like a hair dryer. But how, how come they don't have like butt dryers? Well, they probably do in Japan. See, there's so many questions. We can keep going. It's a, so here's question, the thing. It's, it's not like a power washer. Listen, it's not like a power washer. It's a steady 
curiously thick stream of water. Curiously thick stream of water. Yeah, because if you have a thick round stream of water, then it should like have force. Sure. Just so, another force so to break the fecal matter thing, off your cheeks. You're trusting that this thing has actually done its job, because you know, like people check. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on, hold up. My good. Hold up. Hold up. Show of hands of everybody on this call that's used a bidet house other than me. I have not, really. All right. I'm telling you. So So you're like, okay, I know I'm good. I'm okay. I trust you, Jay. I do. But I guess my question is as a as a female, right? Like I need to that's, talk to a female other about in this. Close proximity. Yeah, I need to know from a female perspective how they feel about bidets. Because I'm talking to two guys right now, one of which is actively used one so i'm still not convinced that's fine you don't have to be convinced so here's the thing here's your takeaway first thing you should do is go to download your next door yes app thanks alex for throwing that out i think that's going to be incredibly useful for multiple things thank you for that i saw a lot of posts on there about what's going on right now and then the second thing i would do that's right yep i just hey while we're talking while, while while you guys are filibustering I bought it on, uh, what's that website domain? GoDaddy. Go yeah, I thank you. you. Yep. I, I bought it on GoDaddy. <laughs> I bought Jay's Bidet on, on GoDaddy. You'll be rich. All right, guys, I want to thank both of you for jumping on. Um, Alex, anything crazy happened, man, hit me up and we'll get you back on. It could be like one of those things where like the last time anyone hears from you. Oh, hey, if they, start rolling, uh, if they start rolling the National Guard down the street, I'll take some video and uh, give you a call. Jesus. I'd really enjoy that. So Yeah, all the best, man. It was good to talk to you. Thanks, Alex. All right, Mimi. Before I let you go, mm-hmm. I need to let you know about dressabolts.com. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, dressabolts.com. They have titanium bolts. You know how you're looking to show people what you have with your car for car oh. shows if they ever continue again? Yeah. One of the right. cool things you could do is you can go to dressabolts.com, find your vehicle. They probably have your application. These titanium bolts not only vastly improve the look of your vehicle, but also serve as a purpose, a good purpose, available to dress up the engine and engine bay. Oh, nice. So maybe both. They usually have kids to go with your specific application. <laughs> so check them out at dressupbolts.com or follow them on Instagram at dressupbolts.com. So that's your homework. Download the app, research bidets from a woman's perspective. Yeah, right. And go to dressupbolts.com. Hey, if they got them in yellow, I'm all about it. That's what I have. Their yellow is gold, but it's more of a yellow. That's exactly what I have on my car. Feeling it. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for joining. Yep. We'll get you back on sooner than later. All right, Jay. Have a good one. I want to thank Alex for joining us up in Seattle to kind of talk about what's going on in his neighborhood up in uh, Newcastle. And I also want to thank Rad or Die Mimi for joining us from Scottsdale, Arizona to kind of share some of her experiences of what's going on. In a little while, we'll plan on bringing on some more guests from around the country. One of the good things is we get an opportunity to kind of learn what everybody else is going through. You know, is everybody going through the same thing? You know, where are we in relation to how China experienced it? Thoughts and prayers are with the people of Italy you know, by the numbers the other day, I think I came up with 7% mortality rate for them, which is way more than anticipated. But I did take algebra twice, took geometry twice, almost had to take algebra two twice. So what I'm trying to say is my math sucks. What we're having 
honestly, this is, and I learned about this in my, in microeconomics, there's a thing called the tragedy of the commons. Some of you may already know about this. And by definition, the tragedy of commons is a situation in a shared resource system where individual users acting independently according to their own self-interest behave contrary to the common good of all by depleting or spoiling the shared resource to their own collective action. We have that right now. We have that right now with toilet paper, paper towels, baby wipes, sanitary wipes, hand sanitizer. So for the people who are profiteering, who went out and bought all the stuff for the sole purpose of selling it on eBay and Amazon, or what they did is technically not illegal. So I know in California, it's illegal to profiteer on items deemed as a necessity during tragic conditions, natural disasters, etc. So if a big hurricane's coming and the profiteer goes to Lowe's or the local hardware store and buys all the lumber and then decides once everyone's houses get smashed to sell it to the people for tenfold, that's illegal. With some of these people who decided, like the New York Times published a story of a, of a gentleman who went out and bought everything in his area, then he decided to rent a rental, uh, he decided to rent a U-Haul truck and drive 1,300 miles and fill that truck full of everything that we're short of right now. Now, he is one of many across the United States who do this because there's two sides to every coin. You can say he's immoral, he's morally bankrupt, you call him an asshole. There's a line, and he was dancing on the line, and he eventually crossed it. It's not illegal for him to buy all this stuff. It's fucked up. Not illegal. It's not illegal for him to take a $1.50 thing of dispenser of hand sanitizer and turn around and sell it for five, six, seven dollars on Amazon or eBay or Craigslist. It's messed up, not illegal. But as soon as he started getting greedy, the reports were he was started selling these things up to $70, $80. That's downright criminal. You're not only morally bankrupt, but you're a bona fide asshole. And don't tell me that you did it to, you know, to support your family. Hopefully, my thought is he did it out of muscle memory and the morality was just gone. And what I mean by muscle memory, because there's people who do nothing but buy low and sell high. That's, that's what they do. You find the good deals, you buy them in bulk, you turn around and you sell them on, online. Because there's people, you may not have people in your area that want them all, but there's people around the country, there's people around the world. I have friends that do this. That's how they make their money. They're not necessarily rich, but that's how they make their living. There's nothing wrong with that. So if you're buying baseball cards, I don't think people even fuck with baseball cards anymore. If you're buying collectibles, limited edition items, limited edition scotch, limited edition whatever, those aren't things people need in time of tragedy. Right now, we're dealing with declared state of emergencies, multiple states, multiple cities. It's like San Francisco, 7 million people, basically all but confined to, confined to their homes because of worrying about this. You know, that those are obviously crazy times. But like I said, as soon as you start buying that stuff and selling it to make a profit, not only are you an asshole, but you've also helped deplete a resource pool. So it's like Alex said earlier, you go to the store to buy something, empty. Buy something, empty. Buy something, empty. You find it and there's some there, you're going to buy it. You're going to buy more than one through self-preservation. You're not thinking, well, somebody else couldn't find it and I'm going to leave one for the next person. You're going to grab it because you have no idea based on what you just saw when it's going to restock. And that's the tragedy of the commons. It only takes one person in the tragedy of the commons example to screw the system. 
You know, one thing in microeconomics that they told us, their example was a pond, a fishing pond. You have houses around the lake. Every week they stock the pond with 60 fish. There's 20 houses. Every house is allowed three fish. If you catch two fish, then a fish is going to die because nobody wants to catch more than three fish. Because if you do, you're worried about fucking up the situation. But as soon as somebody grabs four fish, stay with me here. That means somebody else is only getting two. Once word gets around that somebody grabbed four fish, then everyone's going to make sure they grab their three. But again, somebody's going to, it's like musical chairs with food. That's basically what these people are doing. Musical chairs with toilet paper. It's not acceptable. That's the tragedy of the commons. Later on, we're going to be joined by a few more guests. Uh, I will have Jay's rental car of the week. All right, right now we're joined by Nico Nico Zaga up in the D.C. area. You're in D.C., right? Yeah, that's right. What's going on up there? Uh, you know, people are freaking out about the whole uh, coronavirus. Uh, the, the usual right now, no toilet paper, no paper towel, stuff like that. Everybody that works in the restaurant industry, but there, there is no salary uh, has been laid off. And then can you tell the people, you know, what do you do for work? I am uh, working for the company uh, Funding Farmers, and it's one of the pretty busy restaurant group in, in the East Coast. Have a pretty bad impact from the, uh, the virus, so, you know, they have to take some measurements, and that translates to, like, lay off a bunch of employees. So are you able to work still, or...? Uh, no, because uh, I'm hourly, I'm not salary, so... But, uh, you know, like... Uh, I learned from uh, early age and stuff like, you know, take care of myself and stuff pretty young, like, you know, still have some savings and like emergency budget that I will never expect to use, but I'm like, you know. Right. And it's coming in handy right now. And they're saying that, you know, many people don't have that. Um, what are you seeing out? out? Are people staying off the streets or people just generally angry or everyone's just like a ghost town? Well, you know, like I work in D.C. and uh, I live kind of like close to D.C. I live more on the uh, Maryland border. So right. it's kind of like it's mainly because there are like so many restaurants in such a small area, three to four thousand restaurants. Like they are not allowed to have any like walking customers into the restaurant, but they are allowed to like you can place your your order to go or curbside of like, you know, call the restaurant and place an order to go. And then you can walk into the restaurant. You cannot get inside. They will bring the food out to you. If you go to the supermarkets, especially because there's so few in the DC, in the actual DC, I think there's like a Target and like a, maybe two Whole Foods and like Costco, but it's like fairly small to the ones in the uh, in the suburbs. Then you know people are going out and like buy food from the restaurants. I mean, right now they just pass. I don't know if it's slow, but they're they are. They are allowing restaurants to uh, sell you alcohol so you can have like a, a cocktail to go. Like, yes, like we are in New Orleans. Which I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> it sounds like a great idea. Yeah. So like you, you can buy like your most, you, you, your favorite cocktail for any restaurant and you can just go and then they'll bring it to your side and then away you go. I mean, I, you can buy it. I don't know if the, the, the rule says, you can drink it outside, but I mean, it's in a to-go container, so right. nobody will know what you're, what you're drinking. It's the honor system. So, yeah. Sure. But I mean, it's cool. Like, it, like my friend was posting from her restaurant because she's kind of like working back over the house now. 
And she's like, you know, like, come and get your JMO from St. Patrick's Day. Because, you know, a lot of people couldn't do anything, but now you can actually buy it to go. Well, hang in there, Nico. Yeah, I mean, we're supposedly um, going to get, we're going to get some help from the, from the government, but, you know, that's, that's TV. Yeah. How's your toilet paper supply? I, you know, I saw all this over the news and like, I like those like zombie movies and apocalyptic stuff. So I stuck up before the news. So, I mean, I got some for myself and I got like a little backup. I didn't go all crazy, like, you know, but so that was Wednesday or Thursday, I think. And I went on Friday to the supermarket just to like buy some regular stuff like eggs, like nothing crazy. And then people were just like, you know, grabbing two, three, four stacks of toilet paper, paper towels and all this stuff. And like, you know, people were like looking at each other like angry. And I was like, I mean, how many toilet papers do you need? Like, how, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. You know, everybody have their own story. Like, you know, I'm a single dude. So I think one big pack of 28 will last me maybe a couple of months. Right. But I don't have any kids, so I don't if you're going through 28 rolls of toilet paper in a couple months as a single person, you gotta go get that shit checked out. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, I don't know these people. I don't know like how many kids do they have. I don't know if they live with their parents. I don't know if they're buying like you know for them and their and their relatives. So you know, there's like yeah. there's a lot of variables that you know we don't know, and people make the decision on base of what they think is best for them. But everybody's trying to like place safe all right man we're running out of time i appreciate it okay cool and uh yeah, yeah like man. i said you know hang in there i'll talk to you later thanks nico all right man. yeah you're welcome Bye. see you man that was nico zaga calling from the washington dc area i just wanted to um take this opportunity to thank the guests that we've had so far nico from dc we've had rad or die who's chilling in phoenix right now and then, of course, we have Alex up in Newcastle area. I think I'm going to talk about my rental car of the week, just kind of break it up. And then, you know, in a little bit, we'll get back to some more people from around the uh, the country on this special COVID edition. So what I have this week is I have a Grand Cherokee. As I said at the start of the show, not a lot of cars had been taken, so I kind of had to pick up the litter within reason. The reason I picked the Grand Cherokee is because I've owned a couple. I used to have a 1997 Grand Cherokee Limited, and then I had a 1999 Grand Cherokee Limited, and then I had a complete piece of shit 2000 Cherokee Sport. But I haven't driven one since like 2016, and I remember I liked it. That's why I picked the Grand Cherokee, because every week I come in and they never have any for me. They usually always rent them out, and usually all I get is like the, the Jeep Compass or something. Anyway, so I got this nice black 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee. It has 3,000 miles on it. It's very familiar, and I think that's what I like the most about the vehicle is Jeep, Chrysler. These companies don't switch things up that much. They just kind of upgrade the technology. But like the shifter is exactly where you expect the shifter to be, where where it would be if it were a manual transmission. The USB ports are located where they're usually located, kind of in the, the, the traditional ashtray area. So they're easy to plug in so you don't have to cramp or kind of open up the armrest to, to dig in. Some of the other Chrysler's are like that, or the Dodges are like that. The Dodges are typically, you have to lift open the armrest. It has a nice interior. It's got a nice feel to it, but, it, you know, being a Jeep, it, I mean, it has more plastic than other SUVs I've rented in the past. So those are the type of panels that kind of start shaking and making noise after a while. I love the color combo on the interior. It's black leather interior. It has some sort of like a carbon-esque, but it's not carbon fiber, just kind of a dark carbon trim, carbon color trim, I guess. And then some kind of a muted dark silver. 
So surprisingly, so this is a Grand Cherokee, but it has no heated seats and it's a limited edition. So it's not a Laredo. It used to be when you get the limited edition, the Jeeps came in a, like a Laredo, which usually had the bottom half of the Jeep was, you know, black. And then the top half was, you know, like enamel paint. And then you had the limited. And then you had the Eddie Bauer, which is kind of like a special edition limited. Every once in a while, they'd have other ones. But now the Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited is like the second to the bottom because they have a gajillion trims. In order for you to want to have something a little bit more, you'd have to pay a lot more for it. So this one doesn't have HIDs, the high intensity discharge lights, the, the daytime running lamps or the DRLs. They're nothing special. And again, these are trivial things to complain about. But just understanding that the, the Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited was the kind of posh trim it's a little disappointing the rear view camera is functional the resolution is garbage and this is coming from driving a mercedes in an audi back-to-back this just the technology i didn't think it'd be that much different you just it's just a shitty reverse camera driving around in this thing it's not the smoothest suspension i realized that almost immediately after i left the airport and again thinking where i just came from some of these other suvs but i remember it being a little smoother so it's kind of a rough ride, though, and I think I could live with that. And it could be because I have a bias toward the vehicles because I've always liked them. But I do have some disappointment, like I said earlier. I put it in the sport mode and it seems pretty dirty, but it seems like it deactivates on its own. You know, some vehicles just hold that mode for you. It's hard really to believe that the Jeep Grand Cherokee is a midsize SUV. Once upon a time, it was a full size SUV. And then you had the SUV XL is like an excursion, but the Jeep Grand Cherokee was a full size. Now it's like a mid SUV, mid size SUV. It does have a nice audio system. It's got plenty of storage, plenty of seating. These things are very capable. So if you wanted to tow a car, you could, and that's one of the reasons I was looking at it. But I am a little disappointed that this trim doesn't have some of the creature comforts that the older trims used to have even a few years back when I didn't own them, but I was kind of watching them on the market. So I'm never quite sure which trim to get. I mean, obviously I like the SRT8, but it's a little out of my price range. Would I rent this vehicle again? I think so, but I'd still like to see what else I have on the lot. It's not a terrible vehicle at all. They look good. You know, it's, this is, this one's, it's, they're always, they've always, the V8s, they've always been really, um, they've always been real torquey. So they're a fun point and shoot, you know, uh, SUV. 295 horsepower. This week's rental car of the week is a black 2020 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. When we come back, we're going to find some more guests. Hey, what's up, man? Jimmy Crump, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. Last time we talked to you, you were giving your Super Bowl prediction. You picked the Niners, I think. Yeah, I, I was thinking the Niners were going to be the ones... But uh, I, I really didn't have a dog in the race, though. Same. So what's going on in uh, in Michigan? How are people acting? You know, what are you seeing? I and mean, you're in the real estate industry. What are you guys, you know, kind of projecting with us being in, uh, I guess, I'm, I'm not really, I don't know shit about the market. I just know it's down. I mean, well, the market being down is is relative, man. I mean, you know, you know everything that's going on anyway, but um, we've been getting a lot of emails and, you know, they're saying that, you know, people are going to start doing like live, like video open houses, stuff like that. And I know some agents have had clients not want to see homes because of everything going on. And some sellers have actually postponed viewings on their homes that are on the market. 
I actually did have one cancel on me for tomorrow. Um, that's the first time I've had anything happen like that so far. So things haven't really slowed down for me that much, um, but we are definitely seeing a lot of ways in which we need to kind of do our business differently. So for instance, um, you know, maybe doing like FaceTime showings, like if clients don't want to be in the house, like we can go to the house and just walk them through it. Um, you know, really just uh, talking to clients and, you know, making sure that they're comfortable with, you know, seeing houses. And I've even had one that says, she wants to go look at the house from the outside and she might write an offer without even going into it, which I advised her against. But That's insane, uh, though. Dude, yeah, I know. So, yeah, that's the one I got canceled for tomorrow. She's like, you know, I really like the house. She's like, if the pol- if the pictures hold up, I just want to go walk around the outside. She's like, I'll write an offer on it. And I'm just like, I don't advise that. This is the first time home buyers. It's not an investor buying a flip property site sure. on the scene, you know, but people are going to do what they need to do. So we're talking to... My good friend Crump in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, East Grand Rapids, Michigan. So it hasn't really affected you too much, but you're starting to, you know, you guys are starting to see a behavioral difference. I think it's, I understand people's trepidation, but it feels like, and I guess it's better safe than sorry, but I feel like the reaction is if we were at a 80% infection rate and a 15% mortality rate, you know, the, the, the famous, you know, physician that's predicting all this stuff, he always says it could happen. And people hold right. on to the fact that it will happen. Um, and I think that's what's causing some of this this craziness. I mean, what do you what do you think? And then what are you seeing on the store? you notice anything on stores? Do you even go to the store? Or did- so, like, we were already stocked up. We just went and got some essentials. But we've actually been kind of like runners for her parents now. You know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the older demographic is the one that's more susceptible. So we're just kind of, you know, going and getting them things and letting them, you know, stay out of harm's way. So we're just kind of helping them out. But, but no, I mean... You know, my personal opinion on it, man, it's uh, obviously it's a serious thing and you have to pay attention to it. And, you know, when it has certain economical, you know, like like when it's going to start affecting people's livelihoods, basically, you have to pay attention. And being that I work 100 percent commission, I have to pay attention to that kind of stuff, because if title companies start closing, if, you know, they're not allowing us to do showings or anything, then I'm I'm not working. Right. You know? So you have to pay attention to that stuff. Me personally, I, I think it's it's people are overreacting a bit. Um, only because, you know, we, we haven't seen, um, you know, we haven't really seen the death tolls and everything else. Like, like, you know, the, like you said, they're acting like it's 50%, 15% mortality and 80% infection rate when we're not even close to that. And when you look at, you know, the numbers that we all see on these memes and everything about how many people die from the basic flu every year, I think it's just, uh, there's just a lot of just misinformation from all sides of it. And I'm not saying it's not serious and I'm not saying it's not going to be serious. I'm saying just be smart. You know what I mean? And you know, it's not about being quarantined. It's about just not like not being dumb about it. You know what I mean? It's like, don't, don't go to crowded places and don't go to a lot of places that are heavily infected and, you know, don't travel as much, you know, stuff like that. But the, the behaviors is the, is the main thing that I'm seeing happening right now. And it's, just started affecting me, like I said, tomorrow with my first showing being canceled by the seller, actually, and not my client. So, oh. um, how many people um, do you think? Uh, I mean, how, how many people, period, are are, are reported um, in Grand Rapids of coming testing positive for Corona? Now, we obviously know they haven't tested a large part of the population at all, but just how many yep. confirmed cases are there? Do you know five. In, five in Kent County, one in Ottawa County. So, I mean. <laughs> Not many, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's, that's that's what I'm saying. I mean, 
it's actually a good time to write offers because you're not seeing as many people showing houses right now or, or looking at houses. So there's going to be less competition. So realistically, it's actually a great time to buy if you can get into the home. Yeah. I'm not worried about the market at all, man. I mean, there are people that should be, you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, if people have overspent in the past like couple of years, those people spending $30,000 over list and, you know, offering appraisal guarantees where even if the house doesn't appraise that they're going to pay out of pocket to get the house that they want, like those people should probably worry. All right, Krupp, I want to thank you for joining us and letting us know from a realtor's perspective in Grand Rapids what's going on. Yeah, of course. Take care of yourself out there. I see you, bro. All right, it's time for your Instagram profile highlight of the week. Instagram profile highlight of the week is sponsored by NSX channel on Instagram, your number one source for NSX content. You should be able to find my car on there. You should be able to find our Instagram profile highlight of the week's car on there as well. This week, it is Richard and Liz Graves at Lap of the World. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks. So you have your YouTube channel. What is the concept behind Lap of the World? So it's just, you know, you guys are intersex owners, you know, you're a couple, which is fucking awesome. And so you have all these videos, you guys are doing stuff together. You don't just do the videos because we ran into each other in Monterey Car Week last year. So Lap of the World is, it's, it's a, I, I've been calling it the a racetrack odyssey. It's all about the road trips and racetracks. I know Liz and I both enjoy, we both enjoy traveling. I enjoy the racetrack. She uh, anticipates enjoying the racetrack. So uh, so at some point we decided that, hey, you know, rather than me trying to, uh, you know, as I've joked before on, on one of my videos, I guess, on YouTube, I, I've rather than trying to ruin my car further for the sake of competition, uh, we're just going to say that variety is a spice of life and see how many different road courses we can drive and the, you know, kind of across the United States and then in That's success awesome. across in the NSX world with 269, 289, 283,000 miles on it. Right now. Basically anytime I tell anybody the mileage on that car, it's pretty much immediately, uh, it's immediately out of date. That's awesome. We're talking to Richard and Liz Graves of At Lap of the World out of Tennessee. You can follow them on Instagram, At Lap of the World. You can check out their YouTube channel on At Lap of the World, four words. So what we've been doing with this episode is we've been trying to get the pulse of the country and how they're acting to, to you know the coronavirus. And right now there's over 23 major cities that have gone to this state of emergency. I mean, what are you guys doing? Do you guys live in small town Tennessee? Big town. Is there a big town in Tennessee? What's the biggest city in Tennessee? Uh, Memphis by population. And I've been through Memphis. Memphis. It's not huge. Are you guys feeling the effect? Are you guys feeling the scare? You know, just are you seeing it for people or how? I mean, Uh, there was a guy next to me buying uh, cups of, uh, you know, a bunch of cups of noodles and water. So it was a little crazy just seeing that. However, you also have people just going about their normal lives. So every restaurant is full. I mean, I think today when we went to Starbucks was the first time we noticed any restaurant or thing actually did anything. Um, They had the inside of Starbucks closed. You could still go in, but you couldn't um, actually sit. Grab and go only. So you can, you can go in and grab. So, so out here, and I said this earlier in this podcast, everything is shut down. I'm in Rancho Mirage right now. Yeah, I just feel like it's a really strange time right now. Um, and and Tennessee, I mean, schools are closed for the next couple of weeks. 
uh, I'll be really curious to see. Uh, I'm originally from Colorado and my sister's still out there and she was telling me how all the restaurants are closed. It's just grab and go. Um, and now they've closed schools out there until April 20th. I mean, which, you know, is appropriate for Colorado, 420, but. <laughs> Touche. You guys have some time to do some uh, some Q&A when we get back? Yeah, most definitely. Sure, sounds good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do a Q&A. Okay, welcome back. We're with Richard and Liz Graves of Lap of the World, and they're going to join me on this week's Q&A segment. So, guys, we have car questions and we have non-car questions. That's tough. Let's go. Uh, the the non-car stuff is going to be harder for me, probably. Let's get that. We'll get that out of the way. All right, <laughs> Liz. That works for me. So, Unleashed Beast, Unleashed underscore Beast, and that's two S's. Asks, would you rather have a million dollars tax free? Or have your dogs live as long as you do? That's rough. So we have two two corgis, three year old, four year old. Uh, one's a, four and one's one. one. Oh, you haven't had them very long. What's the no. life expectancy of a corgi? They look pretty long. They're they're kind of you know it, they're big dogs with short legs, but they have a small dog lifespan, so probably twelve to fifteen years, I think. I don't know if I had that option. I mean, our dogs are very sweet, but very annoying as well. <laughs> Uh, there you go. So I, I think I would choose to keep the dogs and we can earn a million dollars. Okay. So everybody yeah. knows I love Izzy. Like Izzy is all over both of my Instagrams. He's my best friend. He's always waiting for me. He's, do, he's done this thing this last couple of weeks when I'm at home. Like I'll wake up and he'll literally be like next to me. And he's 12 years old. I'm just looking at it from a, you know. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Pragmatic approach. Million dollars tax free. So on my on my travel account, J underscore travels, I have an entire highlight reel full of nothing but Izzy. And I think I can live off of that for a while until I'm ready to let it go. So I, I'm sorry, Izzy, but uh, I think I'm going to take a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, the, the pragmatic approach there is like it would almost be irresponsible as the as heads of household, so to speak, to pass on the money well i also didn't <laughs> think about the fact that we weren't saying that they were like indestructible for that you know our whole lifetime that's like, true I, I don't know if i would want to have to pay for any like there's pet insurance is not that good you know we don't have pet insurance but it's not that good that if they had to have surgery or broke a leg or something and a 40 year old dog is probably gonna have those issues i don't know though i bet you could get some like pet food sponsorship or something once oh, they once true. they live to the point where it was highly like a world record the breed and they became well, kind of pet, say, like old dog celebrities our, our dogs sure. are named spatzel and schnitzel so i feel like we could make them celebrities yeah I so mean, while you're doing that i'll just be counting my money yeah. <laughs> next question bdmsh underscore which is fahad so the first one unleashed beast is aaron and this is from fahad would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? So you got to think about that for a second. So you a giant duck. I wonder if it could, could it be a pygmy duck, like a pygmy horse, or a hundred little horses that are the size I, of a duck. That that's a tough one. I mean, that's one versus a hundred. However, small horses. As much as I'm an animal lover, if they were attacking me, you could kick them. Yeah, I, ducks have kind of a. 
oh, this is, I'm not going to use There's a hundred of them though. So we're talking like a horde. Like, you know, you see the rats yeah, like run over people right. and skeletonize yeah, but, them in the movies. But a horse-sized duck, I mean, it's not a goose. It's still a duck, but they still have a, a terrible temperament. And I, you know. Can you imagine that poop? I don't know that I'd even want to like fight a normal sized duck. Never mind a horse-sized duck. That's kind of what I'm thinking too, because horses don't seem to be that aggressive, but ducks and fowl in general are incredibly territorial and incredibly aggressive. Now, can you imagine a horse-sized duck, like what that bill could do to you? Oh no, it, it would it would wreck your face. Plus, a hundred <laughs> duck-sized horses would be adorable, really. Yeah, you can right like make a little them. bunch of carriages right, well, right up until I kick them if they tried to attack me. But otherwise, I would just you know sell them as uh, miniature horses. What you know what I do? I would sell them to Budweiser for a million dollars. There you go. They Boom, each. we have our million dollars. Yeah. Each. Yeah. I think I think I said 10 for a million, and then I'm rich. And then I'll go buy another Yorkie Poo and call it Izzy. Yeah. There you go. Okay, let's move to our car questions. First one comes from Tempe underscore OG, and this is right up our alley. Would you ever consider getting a new NSX? I mean, this is something we've talked about often. The short answer for me is yes. But, but it after ha- I get my, <laughs> my after you get your first gen, my first gen, <laughs> uh, where I get hung up on it, if I have I have qualms about it, and it's mainly the issue of user serviceability. The sure. reason I can have nice things automotively is that I'm not afraid of doing the work on them myself. Mm. At some point, with the hybridization and much more um, invasive electronic control, it becomes way more difficult. And that's a fair I, point. Yeah, well, I feel I, you know I have some confidence in Acura Honda's ability to to build a solid car. I think that the true test of the long term desirability and maybe the legacy of the NSX 2.0, the NC1, is going to be how uh, how well it ages from a reliability standpoint. You know, I can put two hundred eighty three thousand miles on a Gen One, have relatively few problems that are relatively inexpensive to fix if they happen. Could you do the same thing to a new one? Yeah. And Liz, just taking a lot lighter approach, would you get one? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take one. It would do. Yeah. <laughs> However, <laughs> you know, uh, my uh, mechanic over here. Is was that the one that was just speaking? Have to work on it. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. No, yeah. Dynamically from a, from a, I, I haven't driven one yet. I've ridden in a couple of them at, at speed being very well driven. And dynamically, I'm sold. You know, I have no question it would be a, a blast of a car to drive. It's just that, uh, you know, the the X factor there of, of uh, you know, could I keep it running in the long term? Uh, that would, you know, cause it and give me any, any pause whatsoever. However, I think it looked good on me. Oh. I'm just saying. Oh, of course. Too. Of course it would. I would get a new NSX. I've talked about it. Um, that's the plan right now. The plan, I, while I would love to keep mine, I don't think that's feasible. I would probably end up having to sell my car as a down payment for a new NSX. But yeah, I would absolutely get one. And I think I would miss the the manual transmission, but I have to be okay with that. Some of the people that I know who have bought one and sold their NSX, their first gen has turned around and bought another first gen and kept the new NSX. Yeah, that I mean, that happens to everybody that seems to sell the first gen NSX as though they end up buying a new one no matter what they have. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I could do that because I put so much work into the one I have and I've personalized it yeah. so much, even without the wrap. It's just yeah, uh, your car is so unique that that would be a tough one to. It's not like you could just. I mean, even even me with the 
with the sort of sentimental attachment I have to this one. If I had to go and get another one, I could approximate the driving experience and the ownership experience pretty quickly. This this topic is getting kind of sad, so let's move on to the next one. <laughs> so what is your <laughs> AZ McLaren, a man named Todd. AZ McLaren asks, what was your first JDM drive in or purchase? Now, by asking that, probably us to up to us to decipher whether he's talking about right-hand drive or not, so I'm just going to assume no. Okay, so first Japanese, sporty Japanese something. Yeah, that you rode in or you bought? My first car was a Nissan 300ZX. Nice, what year? 86. Were they Datsuns then or were they still Nissans? Nissan. Yeah, I don't remember the, yeah. I had a friend um, in high school who had the Datsun like 200SX or two, three, 300SX or three, whatever they were. The ones that are now people are fighting over. Yeah, well, some I, I um, yeah, I'm not going to speculate because there's going to be some Nissan aficionado out there that'll crucify me for it. But it is early 80s, I think, when that changed, like 81, 82, maybe, maybe 80. Uh, I've got a, some- I have a Datsun two. I've got a 75 280Z. Okay. It is being neglected in my garage right now. Well, if someone were to chime in and, and bitch about it, I'd be ecstatic. That means that more people are listening than I thought. <laughs> so it, it could be a good thing. Fair point. Was that your first then? Uh, yeah, that was my That was yours. Car. Yeah. Yeah. So I had prior, well, prior and then overlapping the NSX to an extent, I had a, a 1991 Toyota MR2 Turbo. Is that the first gen? It's not the smooth the one. Gen. It's the second one. Is, yeah. It's still boxy at that point? No, no, this one was the, was the, you know, baby Ferrari looking, yeah, you know, snap over steering everything, uh, MR2. So okay, that was a fun car. That was, it was, you know, so you got the mid engine experience, uh, but it was, I, I got, that's where I started my, my track and autocross quote unquote career with that car. And so that was definitely jumping in the deep end. I think the first track event I did was in a monsoon in a, in a snappy mid engine, <laughs> mid engine sports car but uh fun no i had i kept that i kept that thing for 16 years and for a long time it was my sole means of transportation and it's it's shocking how practical they were for what they are you think a mid-engine car i mean you know nsx is pretty decent has a big trunk uh the mr2 had about as big of a trunk plus it had a a weather sealed frunk uh as well as little parcel shelves that were behind the seat so especially for me because i'm not that tall but uh, I could go to an autocross and actually fit. If I wasn't taking the passenger with me, I could fit a full set of uh, full additional set of wheels and tires in the car with me, plus a toolbox and jack and stuff to go to these events. So, yeah, nice. fond, fond memories. MR2s, great cars. <laughs> I think for me, um, as much as I want to say it was my first Integra, I started thinking back and I in I want to say in the early 90s, one of my best uh, middle school friends bought a car and I want to say it was a blue Daihatsu and I remember he came over to my house I don't think it was it had to have been a Daihatsu I, I th- he came over to my house and he asked me if, if I wanted to go for a ride so we went to the to the uh, the stadium the, the football stadium high school stadium a few blocks down the road and he essentially taught me how to drive a stick or at least the, the fundamentals of it and eventually I actually learned on that guy's complete strangers Mitsubishi Eclipse and then you know when I finally got my car in 1998 I kind of knew what I was doing. So, yeah, I think my first JDM car is a Daihatsu, a little piece of shit, like 93 Daihatsu. Those second gen Mitsubishi Eclipses, I think, the the one from Fast and Furious. But they did a there was a special version of that. It's like probably my guilty pleasure car. It's like the car that I would never own up to to really 
Like, why are you talking the Too Fast, Too Furious, or whatever the second one is? The the, no, no, the no, one no. in Miami, the, the super first, shitty one. No, the green one. Oh, the okay, yeah. The sort of classic Paul Walker hero car from the first movie. Yep, yep. That that generation of Eclipse, I always thought was really handsome. I was there was one version of it that was all wheel drive that I was I, I would have GSX. Know, at the time, yeah, the GSX. When I was looking at the when I was looking for cars, those were too new at the time, sort of out of scope. But you know, I don't regret the MR2, but that was kind of like one of those, you know, cars that I think nowadays it's, you know, they're, uh, it's easier to admit to liking them. But <laughs> they were kind <laughs> of chicky kind of, cars. Yeah. That it was, was associated. Like, yeah. <laughs> but they were fast. That's the thing. It says, well, they were fast to us, right? So if you're in the MR2 and you're in, you're in, you're in the Integra GSR and you're in the, the Prelude, right? Like and, yeah. and the Volkswagen Corrados at the time, you know, those are all within the same range. And then the Mitsu, the Eclipses were in the lasers or Talons. I'm sorry. The Talons and the Eclipses were the ones that people used to be able to boost up and run down the quarter mile to compete with the the diehard American muscle. I think those were the first ones people were able to get to kind of move. But they, everyone yeah, kept blowing their motors. I'll say right up until their cranks took a walk on them or whatever. Yep. The, the yep. Everybody I know. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Well, guys, I want to appreciate you coming along for this Q&A and also discussing your uh, your YouTube, which is at uh, the lap of the world or your Instagram at lap of the world. Yeah, thanks and, for having us. It's been, been fun. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Richard and Liz. Uh, yeah, have a good night and stay safe out there and make sure you have plenty of toilet paper. Yeah, you too. All right, <laughs> thanks, guys. Good. See ya. Thank you for making it through another episode of Hard Parking Podcast. I want to make sure we thank our title sponsor, TalkMobileNet.com. want to thank NSX Channel. You can follow them at NSX Channel and DressUpBolts.com. Special guest, Crump from Michigan. Ryder Die joined from Arizona and Alex joined from Seattle. Liz and Richard from Tennessee and Nico from D.C. Got a pretty good taste of what other areas in the United States are dealing with right now on different levels of the whole coronavirus and the multiple shutdowns of the toilet paper shortage. If you have any questions, you can always email me at hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com or you can send me a DM on Instagram at NA2NSX. You can also follow our Facebook page and we're also on Twitter under Hard Parking Pod. If you like what you've heard, make sure you share, subscribe, tell a friend. That's the best way we can grow. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Everyone, please be safe out there. Take this thing serious. Pay attention. Take care of your health 